0: Testament.
1: Yes, Kirk Buckner.
0: Have you ever done the jitterbug?
1: Can't say have.
0: I'm not even sure what a jitterbug is, but it opens like this jitterbug, snap, <laughs> snap, snap, snap. I can't snap my finger, so. Oh. Hmm.
2: Thank you.
0: There we go. Thank you. Wham! November 17th, 1984. Oh, wow. Uh, Now, for anyone who's sort of tuning in thinking that, okay, Kirk's just going to go rip right into this. I am, but I don't hate Wham. I don't hate them at all. I actually like Wham. Didn't when I was 12. But I came to come with an appreciation of this. Although this song is not one of my likes. At all.
1: So I have a, I I kind of enjoy this song, but... I mean, I was three when it came out, so it's not like I was inundated with it at the time. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, it is everything silly and over the top about the 80s, or the early 80s at least.
0: It it really is. In some ways, it's almost perfect and not in a good way, but I think we'll get there.
1: No, it's not... But it's not a bad song. And despite wanting to hate it, I don't hate it.
0: I hate it. <laughs> I, I absolutely loathe this song. I, I despise things that are just so over the top cheering, but it does it so well. So I respect it. This is a, like uh, my, my then version of Taylor Swift. I hate Taylor Swift, the person. I respect the fact that she is pretty much self made, has done writes, produces, does everything on her own. I think she's an awful piece of shit as a person. I really do, but I respect her.
1: Yeah, fair. I can, I can appreciate that association.
0: Yeah. So wham, they had one of my, actually, I one of the good things I about my ex-wife, there's not a lot of good things I can say about my ex-wife, but she sort of introduced me to a lot more of 80 stuff that I sort of left behind and I ignored. Wham! was one of them. So I learned a lot from her. And if you're listening, I still hate you, but anyway, about their early stuff. Wham! had, this was Wham!'s first big hit in the U.S., but it was not their first big hit. Wham! We're big already in the UK, but these two guys, and I told you last week that I was going to explain why Andrew Ridgely is my hero.
1: Andrew Ridgely is pretty great, but please explain why he's your hero.
0: Okay, I think you probably already know since you know me pretty well. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: All right, so. Okay,
1: you want me to guess? Go ahead. I'm going to say Andrew Ridgely is your hero because he partnered up with the right guy at the right time. Mm rode his coattails for about five years Mm -hmm. and then lived off of the royalties
0: yes but it gets even better than that
1: and he was a nice guy the entire time
0: right so I mean Andrew Ridgely essentially through luck the way I read this uh George uh I I can't even pronounce his last his real last name I'm not even gonna try something very Greek something very Greek so George gets uh has to sit next to Andrew in class as he's the new kid in class. This was when they were 12. Now this, they, from that, they, it becomes a great friendship. So Andrew was the outgoing guy. Andrew was the person who wanted to sort of like be famous and so did George, but George was shy. Andrew was the person that brought George out of his shell. So without Andrew Ridgely, George Michael, or at least the version that we know or, or knew, since he's since left us wouldn't exist but here's a guy who latched on to somebody like Andrew Ridgely he's not a bad looking guy
1: no but he's not as pretty as George Michael who is uh, no one like he's too pretty he's like intimidatingly pretty
0: yeah I I, I was re-watching Thelma and Louise and Brad Pitt's in that and goddamn
1: uh george michael's still prettier than brad pitt but that might be it yeah subject, but brad pitt
0: was more well okay I, you know what i i want to <laughs> again state i'm heterosexual here i know it's not <laughs> sounding like that but either way he linked up with a guy who was way better looking than him and i don't know how it, how it is where there's any any place where oh it's it's bad ethnically to be greek like i i'm I'm, he talks about oh that was sort of an issue and i'm I'm sure that it was i mean i i think you and i can't really understand that
1: um i don't think that's an issue in canada but Mm -hmm. i think that in some places it's still an ethnic thing that he probably wanted to move away from the very ethnic sounding name Mm -hmm. i don't know if he faced any oppression or if I can't speak to any of that because I don't know. Um, but it would be no different than someone in Canada changing their name from something that we found very difficult to pronounce to something simple.
0: And more um, often than not, it does work. It does sort of help your career. Things and it, it was really common the
1: in the 80s and 90s.
0: Well, I mean, even still now, I mean, like how many rappers, even though they have basic names, they just come up with something that that's catchy. And then for their third album, they use their real name all the time, like like clockwork. So anyway, yeah, so he so changed his name change his from name.
1: Georgios, something very Greek sounding to-
0: George, George. Michael, yeah. And Andrew Ridgeley. again, why is he my hero? Because he partnered up with this guy, knowing that, okay, here, all the women would wanna be with him. <laughs> George doesn't like girls.
1: <laughs> now, yes, but also apparently George slept with a lot of women during the Wham days.
0: Yeah. He was, very uh,
1: very yeah. much thought he was bisexual for a lot
0: of years. Yeah, but how many did he turn away? George knew.
1: Oh hey, it doesn't honestly matter how many he slept with or didn't. There would have been many, many women circulating around.
0: Sure. But how many of the uh, of the top ones in the rescue just sort of like fell into Andrew's lap. Exactly. And he didn't have to do anything other than just be a good friend, which he was. I Mm -hmm. mean, you can't say that he used him. I mean, he did to a point, but I mean, like,
1: I don't think he used him. I think he took full advantage of the situation in a totally respectful partnership sort of way. He never tried to use that friendship and connection after Wham broke up for any sort of personal gain. He stayed friends with him for Mm -hmm. the rest of George Michael's life and never tried to capitalize on that in any real way. So he's made millions off of royalties.
0: And he married a Bananarama. I believe he's still married to. my favorite of the three, well, my second favorite of the banana rams. I, I have a I have a tear. The, the wacky, the, the wacky one who was always on the left. The one who Andrew married who was on the right. And then I, I didn't really care for the tall one in the middle. That's
1: <laughs> all right then.
0: Yeah, I thought it, So yeah, that's why Andrew Ridgely is my hero. 1982, uh, they they're pushing it. They before that, they were actually in a ska band, I learned. Which was I
1: can't imagine George Michael being in a ska band or being a DJ.
0: I could well, after hearing some of his later work, I could picture the DJ stuff.
1: Yeah, I suppose.
0: But, yeah. But the yeah, the ska thing just probably didn't work. But that might have been a good question for Kelly Ripa for those who listened to our last week's episode. Please do. It's where Kelly Ripa asks Rick Astley, so are you a teddy boy or a skinhead she really did ask that mm-hmm.
1: with very big hair
0: with with ginormous hair i it sort of like take t- takes me back uh you know when you're trying to like put, put your hand anyway um let's move on <laughs> let's move on so in britain they actually did ex- exceptionally well with four hits i sent you one that you probably had never seen before the wham rap
1: you did tell me yeah. at the end of our chat last week that mm. I needed to listen to the Ram the Wham Rap, which I yeah. did immediately. Yep. And then I also have listened to it probably twice more this week. And it's catchy um,
0: in a way, right? I mean, basically, oh, it's a song about celebrating being unemployed.
1: <laughs> yeah. If you don't like what you do, then stop doing it. Basically. Is yeah.
0: the, which, like... which kind of? I mean, they're one of the few people where that worked out. It worked out great for those two.
1: I don't think they ever actually worked they started like like a a nine to five job obviously they they would have had to do some some real work for their careers but
2: absolutely yeah absolutely they
1: were music they right Mm. out of high school um were working in the music industry Mm. um but yeah oh it's so bad
0: um it's basically look at me i got street
1: credibility
0: hey everybody look at me i got street credibility which he didn't he had none zero and that video actually encapsulates wham perfectly that whole relationship it's george michael doing everything is coming coming to his buddy's house saying okay get get away from your parents right now and just walks in goes "Ah and then if we didn't really like and then even in, later in that video, you put on the leather outfit, you know, the leather bike outfit, which should have been a dead giveaway. It is with 2020 eyes, 2021 eyes.
1: Oh, so much of that is a dead giveaway with 2021 eyes. Right.
0: But back then, and I, I said this to you before uh, offline last week, I remember when a lot of people didn't know the village people were gay. Not all of them are, but it, it was pretty damn obvious, but. You know, Liberace, well, he just hasn't found the right woman yet. <laughs> you know, it's, you believe what you want to believe. And so they had four hits in Britain from their first album that did very well there. And they were all sort of a, a, what, I, what I like to call fruity pebble music. You know, it's not particularly great. It's, it's there. You're, you're, there's, there's no meat to it.
1: It's bubblegum. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that's, that's what it was. They had issues with her with the record label signed with Epic. And I mean, it's one thing, I think when you're big in England, but I think most, I know that's how it was then. It's probably that way now. You're not big unless you, get, you make it in the United States.
1: Well, and all of George Michael's heroes and um, people he looked up to were American musicians. So for him, mm-hmm. he wasn't satisfied with the, out the, right. the American success.
0: And this is where we get with uh, Make It Big, the album that George Michael, My- this is George Michael completely beginning that. He produced it. Uh, he wrote virtually everything. Everything. Uh, he, uh, there was some, some, some co-writing credits to Andrew and a couple. I'm not sure if this is one of them. I know when Careless Whisper it was, which we'll talk about later. That song I love. It's a good song. It's a great song. And so let's just get into this, the cheeriest song, which I'm trying to think, why did this work? And then I was thinking about it a little bit more. Right now, a super happy, cheery song isn't gonna work, but 1984 in the United States, this was the height of the Reagan era. This was where the proud to be an American, okay, Vietnam, forget that. What's that? I don't know. Let's make some money. Let's just go out and have fun. And this is what this song was. We're going to go out dancing. I'm more interested in dancing than the actual girl I'm with, but you don't really pick, pick, pick up on that, baby.
1: Well, even when in the bridge, when he's saying, you know, let's cuddle, he's still saying we'll go dancing tomorrow night. Like, (laughs)
0: <laughs> and it starts off with that whole that's where like again when i was 12 i, I can't separate the 12 year old kirk from this i'm trying to but i can't because that's when you know you're starting to know you, you know you're trying to flirt with the girls a little bit for the first time and all the girls were sort of interested in this stuff and you're looking at it like why this and i and I, i'm gonna say something that's gonna sound offensive but that's please everyone yeah Okay, thank you. Please everyone put this in context, in historical context. This is when a lot of a, 12, a lot of the 12 year olds were like, this guy's gay. And it turned out we were right. But, it was, a, this is the days before the iPod. And, and what I mean by that, if you listen to a style of music, that was the style of music you listened to. You go to school and you already know ex- exactly by looking at someone, what music they listen to. I don't know that that's the case anymore for the youngins. No clue. I don't think
1: it is. I think it was solidly with us through the nineties. And then I think, I think you're absolutely right. The age of digital music expanded people's horizons pretty broadly. Because suddenly you have access to individual songs, not having to buy full albums. Right. Um, Because yeah, eighties, 80, well, the the um, singles were still a thing in the 80s. They weren't in the 90s. Yeah, From the age you're of CDs, still buying it. You're still buying it. Yeah. And then, yeah, and you're buying you might buy a single, but you're likely to buy the album as well. Mm-hmm. And then when when CDs came out, that was that was it for singles. Singles were what was released on the radio. Right. But they weren't released individually like you might get a short play demo cd that had like four songs on it mm-hmm. but that was not very common
0: yeah so and and yeah so like with this song it's just so hyper and chipper and you know and again the 12 year old in me it's like i don't want to hear this like when you're trying to find that but a 12 year old girl did and he was very pretty yeah. I get it. I, I totally get it. So we can go right to the video where they they're all in these choose life t-shirts. I, I, I said to Andrea, when we were off air last week, I actually bought like one of our retro t-shirts that Frankie Frankie says, relax. Unfortunately, my waistline is expanded and I didn't bring that with me when I moved.
2: <laughs>
0: it's shrunk now that, that it would probably fit again, but maybe I'll buy another one. I don't know. Or Frankie says, don't relax. I just, It was years later before I knew what Frankie meant. I didn't know that.
1: These t-shirts were a political statement, though. Well, I don't really know what the political statement was, but the woman that designed these t-shirts was known.
0: Design. I
1: know, right? Let's put some words on a white t-shirt. But there was a lot of controversy around these. Maybe not at that point, but it was, the phrase was, basically co-opted by the anti-abortion movement and the pro-lifers sure that's not what these shirts were
0: about Mm -hmm. um look at that today and just say well wow george michaels all this 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 right wing guy
1: right yeah the guy that's like campaigning and and Hmm. out at like left-wing socialist type rallies (laughs) is
0: is, uh, it doesn't solo. fit none of this fits but no. that's what it was then I mean, obviously we didn't think of that then uh some of the people there would have to just go go uh from what i was reading they just he thought it was cute because andrew who was still living at home had a me- left a message saying wake me was it make wake me wake or,
1: wake, make, wake me up up before you go he yeah. put a second up in accidentally
0: yeah. and like that was apparently that was the funniest thing ever i guess you had to be there George ran with it.
1: So and, I honestly thought that it the go-go was like a reference to going out dancing, like go-go dancing. Oh, okay. The song is kind of a throwback to the 50s, 60s, trying for that like kind of happy upbeat Motown feel.
0: That's what he kept reading, reading, reading. I,
1: I didn't I don't that. get Motown from it, but I do no, get I kind of a 50s. Uh, structure. Yeah. Yeah. So so I can see that. And as I said, I just always thought it was like just a reference to like, mm-hmm. like going out dancing, like your go-go dancing. Huh? I don't know. And it just was like a way to fill in an extra syllable in the phrase.
0: And it was massive. It worked. Uh, the video worked for its time. I mean, it seems pedestrian now, but for 1984, it- that was pretty good.
1: So low budget, even for 1984. I don't know. They didn't I mean, put any. They just filmed Wham and the backup band. Um, Sometimes that's all you need.
0: I mean, what, what in a them? concert
1: hall. Sure, but and then we, put some black light paint on them. Okay,
0: but we we covered a, a song in the same year, uh, Jump, which was basically just them, an, and it was great. It was a great video. It was them van halen being van halen what like that was amazing Mm
2: -hmm.
0: in some ways better than some of their earlier stuff earlier videos where they were going a little over the top
1: well and honestly i really do think this video is is pretty great for its time because it is just well it's basically um george michael in a flurry of hair and cheekbones and calf muscles Mm. (laughs) <laughs> and uh and then Andrew originally just just mugging for the camera in the back happy doing his background thing again
0: why not why not uh, uh George I, I think I can if I grow up the hair I think I can still do that I can I can match the hair calf muscles I, you could. I think I could I think I could I've even got some of the blonde in there. You can look. Yeah,
1: yeah. you're looking pretty blonde. That uh, mm. that tropical sun's bleaching you out a little.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: you can really get that 80s look if you put, like, some some lemon juice in it.
0: good. <laughs> Maybe I good. some sun in. Yeah, why not? And I'll just walk around and see if I can pick up chicks by going, bug. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work down here, especially <laughs> with the wedding ring.
1: Yeah, uh, I and you can't snap, so...
0: I can't snap, no.
1: Game off.
0: Wamp, wamp. <laughs> too bad. Off, oh, too. So, from there, what did Wham do? A lot. A lot. Uh, we mentioned Careless Whisper, which, again, going back to the 12 year old me, I remember when, we, when this came out. Eh, you know, this song's not that bad. <laughs> which, because it, it, this was a great ballad, it was soulful, it was unique. One thing I didn't know until doing the research on this was it was marketed in some countries as Wham! featuring George Michael.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It basically meant this was the beginning of the end. Yeah. But Andrew wasn't necessarily going to be good enough to continue uh, as they progressed. The, uh, there really was only one uh, one more album from, from Wham! Uh, concert tour in China. They. Some of the Wham songs after this was were really good.
1: Yeah, there were some great I songs. Love. And I mean, that concert tour in China was groundbreaking. It was. Because they were like the first Western act to tour in China. I think so. Um, and had to really fight to get there from what I understand. So again, falling into that kind of political left wing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, unite the world thing. Mm-hmm. They also were part of Live Aid.
0: Well, wasn't more he was part of Live Aid doing a duet with uh, Elton John and Andrew was was. just like in the background.
1: He was just there, one of those guys in the background, just.
0: And you got to give it to him. It's like you know, it's okay. You know what? i I'm writing this. It's about to end. I'm just gonna take this in because like I'm here at Wembley. And this is still awesome. I'm shagging a banana. Which I don't know if he was <laughs> at that point or not. I just like that sentence. I'm shagging a banana.
1: <laughs> so yeah, they they ended it on on good terms, remain mm-hmm. friends for life. And yeah, I, I mean Andrew Ridgely was a party boy. He was mm-hmm. famously kicked out of many places for being drunk and disorderly he um but I think he just knew what he had he had a good thing going he mm-hmm. just kept it up as long as he could
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he um realized that you know all well, good things must come to an end th- bow yeah, out gracefully he,
0: he tried to race uh didn't go well but he he was able to do it I think it was formula not I don't know formula, formula
1: three I don't even know. Yeah, I read that.
0: Yeah, I didn't know what that was. Well, I guess it's three times as good.
1: (laughs) Or third tier.
0: Yeah. Almost made you do a spit take there, huh?
1: (laughs) Almost, yeah.
0: Yeah, the dad jokes still work, huh?
1: So, um, and then he put out a solo solo album. That Mm -hmm. failed miserably.
0: Which, yeah. Did you ever see the the movie Music and Lyrics? Yes. Which, which they basically say, the Hugh Grant character is more or less Andrew Ridgely.
1: Oh, I never, never made that association, but yeah, yep.
0: you know, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, and then had the one album that just didn't go anywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. The only difference is like Andrew Ridgeley just didn't pursue any music career. Just like you know what, uh, I was, I was lucky enough to get songwriting credits on three songs, one of them being Careless Whisper. Thank God for him. And yeah, just he made live off of that.
1: Like 10 million pounds or more off of Careless Whisper.
0: I mean, like, what did, what
1: did he oh, really- I think he made over 10 million pounds in the first, like, couple of years off of Careless Whisper, and he still makes thousands of dollars a month off of it.
0: Like, what are probably a lot, too, from last Christmas? I wonder if he gets uh, royalties off that. I, I mean, know, he's, but that one... performing royalties. Just maybe not, uh, because that's the other thing.
1: Performing royalties, but- um, most of the use of last Christmas these days is covers and
0: um, mm, that's what I thought. But in Britain, it keeps charting again. Like oh, really? It, it, yeah. So imagine like there you I mean, still.
1: Honestly, if I think of, if someone says, name the first song that comes to your head, when I say, wham, I'd last, say Christmas? last Christmas. Wow. And it's honestly just because it's so ubiquitous in the Christmas music and Christmas movie scene mm. um, that it's not even necessarily their performance of it. It's just that song.
0: I don't hate that song, but
1: I kind of hate that song.
0: Well, I'm living in the tropics right now, so I don't hear it. They don't. They have their own Christmas songs down here. I'm sure. I've never heard of. Well, they do have that Mary's Boy Boy Child Jesus Christ by Boney M. They like their Boney M. Ah, Boney M. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, again, right place, right time, right video.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. If Wham would have tried to put that out two years earlier, I don't think it would have worked.
1: I don't think so. I think it could have done well a year to two years later. Like, it would have done well through the mid-'80s. Yeah. And then getting into the late 80s, I don't think it would have worked. So I think, yeah, time, place. And it's just a catchy, happy song that's reasonably well put together for the
0: bubblegum pop that it is. It it is, you're you're 100% right. I just hate it. Once you hear it, it takes you forever to get rid of it in your head.
2: Mm -hmm. But
0: I am a fan of, not the song, but of the group. Of Andrew, of course, I love you, buddy. Uh, and George, man, I feel bad he, he passed away. I, I don't know if he, he really got the happiness he was sort of lo- like looking for until the end.
1: Yeah, he, he kind of had a bit of a tragic end. I mean, not in any sort of success or monetary way, but I mean, in his last, decade he was arrested multiple times for public indecency he got entrapped by a cop for um well that's how he that's how we finally got out room yeah he um yeah he was arrested again for indecency he mm. and then multiple minor drug charges um and then he died of heart issues which probably mm. had something to do with the
0: drug issues most likely. We, isn't that amazing though? Like uh, you're you're George Michael, and like you know what? I'm. I think I need to go find sex in a bathroom stall.
1: <laughs> it's it's thrill seeking. It's not. You're right. I mean, he had a he had a long term boyfriend that he lived with at that point.
0: Oh, at that time. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, not the one he was with when he passed away, but. Yeah, he actually made a statement at one point about, yes, his partner knows that he solicits, um, you know, sex with strangers, basically. But,
0: yeah, whatever got you off.
1: Well, you know what, when you're that successful and that young, you think that they were, what, 19 when they started with their first success? By the time Wham yeah. parted ways, he was like 24. Like he'd made millions and had multiple number one hits Mm -hmm. in the first 25 years of his life.
0: He ran the eighties.
1: Yeah. And so I guess that at some point you stop losing pleasure in all that amount of success and, and stardom and start seeking whatever thrills you can elsewhere.
0: Okay, uh, so last question favorite George Michael song solo? Uh, I don't know. Well, while you're uh, thinking of that, I'll give you mine.
1: Okay, what's yours?
0: Uh, it's actually later from, from his uh, post uh, captured uh, or entrapped uh, mm-hmm. Fast Love, which is, uh, if I remember correctly, I could be wrong, but, but he even made fun of himself in the video. Where he's dressed up as a cop, <laughs> like,
1: and that was apparently based on his arrest. Yes, right, yeah. Um, from the cop, and and he—that's mm-hmm. why he got sued by the cop. But the the case was. Oh, did he? Uh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, he got sued. The case was thrown out,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: then they, um, retried it, mm-hmm. and um. Apparently it was determined that he couldn't actually, like the cop couldn't, couldn't um, file for emotional damage or something because he's a public servant.
0: He didn't actually name the cop. He just dressed up like a cop.
1: Yeah, though he did name, like the, the name of the cop is well known.
0: Oh, is it? Okay, I didn't, well, I guess i I guess if I was in Britain, I'd know that, hmm. All right, so that's my favorite.
1: Um, I don't really know. Like, I really like the, but that's Elton John, not.
0: If that's your favorite, that's your favorite.
1: Um, like, don't let the sun go down on me. But I don't think that's. I think he just did the duet with him. I don't think it's. uh, It's his song. I don't know. Faith. It's a great one. Yeah, I'm going with that. I
0: guess it would be nice if I could touch the body.
2: All right, I better stop. I know
0: not everybody. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: So, you want to know what we're doing next week? Hit me. It is a true one-hit wonder. Okay. Don't worry. Ah! Be happy. Ah. Be happy now.
0: <laughs> uh, now worried, need money. Uh, yes.
1: <laughs>
0: Bobby McFerrin. Okay.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, very unlikely number one. Okay, this will be good.
1: I, I think this really deserves a spot here. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out how it went to number one.
0: Some, It's a, it's a fluke, but yeah, let's do it. All right. Stay safe, everyone. If you haven't sort of listened to a bunch of other shows we've gotten on Hall of Fame.com, if you're not tired of listening to me, you you probably are, but hey, humor me anyway. This crap was on national television is going to have a new episode. We just looked at Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park. Yes, a television movie with Kiss. A movie so bad that Gene Simmons wouldn't let anyone talk about that in his presence for decades. Also... Sports fans, classic sports review. We're going to be looking at the Toronto Blue Jays. Yay, go Jays! When they won the World Series and the greatest walk-off home run. If you're not Bill Mazarowski of the Pittsburgh Pirates, so I know, but that's okay. That's coming soon. All on fame.com Like the way I ended, I ended that there, Andrea. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting better Get at it. Get up
1: there with the .dot
0: <laughs> Nice, nice.
2: Stay safe, everyone.
1: Bye.